The date is Friday, November 19th, and you're listening to Entertain This, a thought-provoking podcast encapsulating all things entertainment. On this episode, we're throwing it back to antiquity to talk about a game franchise that has stood the test of time, Assassin's Creed. We're going deep into the lore and the historical underpinnings to understand what this iconic video game has to offer. So enjoy! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to your favorite show on the internet, encapsulating all things entertainment. It's Entertain This. Entertain This. Whoa, whoa, who was that deep voice back from the hiatus? <laughs> yeah, it no longer sounds like it's full of phlegm. <laughs> Can you give us, you before the show started, you gave us an example of what your voice sounded like last week. Can we give a taste to the audience? Yeah, yeah, so this is what you all missed out on. Uh, hey, everyone. Uh, welcome to... <laughs> Sort of entertain this. I yeah. am so sorry I asked for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Well No cutting that out. No cutting that out. That's some sick that's some sick ASMR for you kids at home. Hey. I hope you enjoyed it. Michael, that sounded sick. Woo! In a bad way. Yeah. In a bad, bad yeah. way. And I just peaked so hard saying that I hit it so hard. Uh, another week has passed. Last week we talked about trains. You know, the week before that we talked about uh, the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. What do those two things have in common? Absolutely nothing. But nothing we're going to continue on. Uh, Michael, as of when this uh, episode is released, yesterday was Thanksgiving. Oh, wow. Yeah. Isn't that, that's weird. No, wait. No, that's not right, is it? Wait. Yeah, I don't I don't. That can't be right. Is that right? No, it's the nineteenth. It, today it, is the nineteenth. It's hard to predict the future from the past. To that is what this. I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> hey, You've they already just heard probably that. heard this. <laughs> this is they wildly meta, and that's and that's the cold open for this week. On to yeah. the real show. <laughs> <laughs> Alex has get out of jail free card. He can't God. take the cold open, so he's just like, let's make a meta joke. <laughs> yeah, sure. All right, <laughs> we like it. I did my right, job. So- Someone else take over. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's supposed to be me, right? It's my turn. I missed last week. It's throwing me real off. Uh, hey, so. you know what's yeah. hilarious, guys, is that sometimes we decide to say our our names at the beginning of the show, and sometimes we just don't. And today was one of the times we don't. So oh, no. what's, what's I don't know. I just I just base it off of like however you lead into it because you're supposed to be hello, welcome everyone to entertain us. My name is Alex, Michael, and I'm Nick, and they're listening to entertain this. Yeah. That's what's supposed to happen. Yeah. Hold on, wait. Can we try it again? Then can we try mm-hmm. it again? So state your name. Okay, wait, bring the music up. Okay. Okay, now okay, now fade it out like you would at the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to your favorite show on the internet encapsulating all things entertainment. It's Entertain This. Entertain This. As always, I'm Alex. I'm Michael. And I'm Nick. And Michael, you take over now. Okay, we have right, two cool. intros. <laughs> One of those will work. <laughs> And now we can get into the real meat and potatoes of it. Dope. <laughs> Second time's a charm. All right, all right, all right. So I wanted to originally talk with you all about the follow-up to my last episode where we had uh, spent a little bit of time going through some of the the history and the lore of Dune right before the movie came out. Yeah. Uh, which, since I have watched, however, uh, my intrepid co-hosts have decided to uh not spend their time uh watching such an incredible movie uh so now we can't talk about that i saw last night in soho instead and i don't regret it 
Last Night in Soho was fantastic, and I suggest everyone go see it. It's Edgar Wright. Mm. He made uh he made uh At World's End. He made yeah. uh Shaun of the Dead. Mm. He made right. others. Hey, free folks. Well. He made oh wait, he made uh Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Mm-hmm. He makes good Ooh. stuff. Anyway. Yeah. That's what I saw instead of Dune. The night I was supposed to see Dune, I decided to see that instead. <laughs> Honestly, if you if it's still in theaters and you can go watch it in IMAX, it is absolutely worth the extra money. Uh, yeah, you get some real big bass that shakes you to the core. You uh, get seven whole minutes of Zendaya. Yeah, <laughs> seven that, whole minutes. It? There's that's just that's as much it. time of Zendaya in the commercials as she is actually in the movie. They showed every <laughs> shot Zendaya was in in the trailer, and then they had yep. her walk the red carpet next to Timothy Chalamet, go on a full media tour, as though she were like the second part of this movie when she was like <laughs> the equivalent of a James Bond girl who doesn't show up past the first scene. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. The good news is is that apparently she's supposed to be like the main character if not like the second main character in the next movie well, which is now greenlit so yeah great dune 2 well the the empire strikes back i just realized i had quick keys on and i didn't know that <laughs> 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 all right all right so let's let's actually get to the topic this week so what is it I was racking my brain upon hearing the news that you all didn't entertain this. Uh, (laughs) Ah, come on. You can't win them all. uh, And I was thinking back like, okay, all right, let's let's think back through the memory banks of young Michael. Think back to like, what were some of the most like impactful entertainment moments in my life? Um, One of which happened to be a video game series that me and a few friends have been very dedicated to probably unreasonably so for a very long time. Uh, and that would be Assassin's Creed. The cool. Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. There's now been like almost 15 to 20 video games. Each have come out like every single year since 2007. Um, but unlike other video games that have stood the test of time somehow, it's new iterations every time and almost new play style as well. <laughs> Yeah, whether that is, like, beneficial or not. Um, you know, sometimes it was, sometimes it wasn't. Yeah. So, so have you two, have either of you played the Assassin's Creed games? I played Assassin's Creed when I was given free codes to do so, but never did I pay for Assassin's Creed. So I'm not an, <laughs> I'm not an avid fan of Assassin's Creed. I don't know all of the uh, plot or lore, which I'm interested to learn in the next hour where you're speaking at my face. But yes, uh, as Assassin's Creed goes, I understand the premise and the idea and the basic mechanics. Nice. Yeah, I guess I. uh, I dig the history part of it, but surprisingly, I've not played a single game, and that really does surprise me. You big old nerd. That is actually really surprising because I think you would get a lot of enjoyment out of it, Nick. Um, Yeah, but I it was it it came out at a time when I was like, it was 2007, so I was playing. So Halo was, 3, I was playing Call yeah. of Duty 4, I was playing Fallout 3. I was like, I was embedded in Fallout, so that's probably why I didn't go there. Yeah, that makes mile. sense. That makes sense. So, like, the level of, like, dedication that, like, me, that some of my friends uh, have to this, like, franchise, I know, like, multiple people who have Assassin's Creed tattoos. Whoa. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. pretty easy to do, like, the little 
yeah yeah like the the whole like symbol lock up like the the a with the the yeah yeah you get it you get it Um, somebody made bank on that oh for sure the little freemason thing yeah 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 yeah, but like upside down yeah exactly so there's probably some people listening to this right now like assassin's creed what's that um (laughs) yeah there are like three people thinking that right yeah. now. <laughs> Who's or in like, the rock? Show or like hands. you, got, or like you, Alex, like pe- someone who like played Assassin's Creed a while ago, didn't really get too into it, and like knows the gist, but like doesn't know like what is so cool about that, it. That um, I feel like is about sixty to seventy percent of the people who who are going to listen to this episode. They yeah, understand yeah, yeah. what Assassin's Creed is. They get the gist of it but they don't understand the deep lore. So that's that's what I'm interested in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Okay, let's rewind this back to. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know why I made a sucking sound. No one wants to hear that. Um, Put those two sounds together, and I yeah. think we made a successful rewind sound. It's right. like spaghetti. Uh, you slurp it in, you start where you ended off, and that's how spaghetti works. Sense. Yep, time that's is spaghetti. How spaghetti. Time is spaghetti. Nick Mustakangas, twenty twenty one. He hit it right under the radar. Yeah. You can call right it under that. the time <laughs> limit. So let's go back to when me, young Michael, was all of like ten years old. Uh, I was at either like the dentist or the doctor or something, and like I was a giant nerd as a kid. So when we you're waiting work, yeah. and you're like sitting at the in the doctor's office in the waiting room, like what do you do? Like. You can either go play with the the toys that are meant for like three year olds uh, or (laughs) you can go look for different random magazines that they have sprawled out like across the waiting area. Mm -hmm. Um, I watched Finding Nemo eight times. Yeah, or that. Uh, (laughs) I managed to find when I was very young a Game Informer magazine, Mm. which do you both remember Game Informer? Yes, they still make it, I think. Yeah, they do. They do. They're just a lot harder to find now. And they're like a they're like a full-on broadcast company like anytime you walk into a GameStop, like what's playing on the overhead tv is game informer yeah exactly did it so i remember being 10 years old being like game informer i like video games i'm gonna go look through this and i'm sitting there turning the pages turning the pages turning the pages and all of a sudden i come across this is like back in like 2004 uh i see like a full page like spread multi-page article for this game that is just like prince of persia but like open world um so do you two remember the prince of persia games for playstation 2 yes yeah yeah this is like from a while ago like there was even like a movie made about them with jake gyllenhaal as the prince yep uh it was awful um (laughs) it was really aladdin the video game where they have the big old sabers and they're like yeah yeah kind of kind of uh the the basically the whole gist of like Uh, prince of persia games was that you are a person and you have to like transverse a world and solve physical puzzles so you can do like parkour-esque things to Mm -hmm. do that um and eventually like those games got more and more convoluted and like there was like a a a shadow prince and uh shadow prince it's my new xbox gamer tag i call it no one else take it (laughs) (laughs) this podcast is brought to you by raid shadow prince (laughs) oh stop they're gonna skip over this part (laughs) um but so assassin's creed is actually made by the same people who made uh my brain shadow legends no, uh, <laughs> no, that threw me off. The Raid Shadow Legends thing threw me off. Prince of Prince, Persia. Prince, okay. It's made by the same people who made Prince of Persia. Uh, okay. It's like my brain said Raid Shadow Legends. I was like, no, 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 that can't be it. <laughs> Don't say put it again. Aside, put it aside. Put it aside. <laughs> we have to pay taxes every time we say it. Yeah. Um, and so, like, 
something that the article talked about that like really, really intrigued me was this whole concept of taking the like the puzzle solving in a physical space that Prince of Persia has and putting that into an open world. Um, which was just like and then you give like the main guy, like you give him like a hidden dagger and like swords and you give him like like the ability you, you, to jump in a hay bale from 20 feet in the air. Yeah, like give him the ability <laughs> to like climb like super tall towers and like see everything. And as far as I understood it, like a 10 year old me was like, cool, whenever this game comes out, I'm getting it. I'm buying it. This looks dope. Uh, mm-hmm. So about three or four years goes by <laughs> and my brain had completely forgotten about it. Uh, however, at some point I went to the the locale GameStop uh, and with my mom or my dad or something, we were just walking around, walking around and I see the box art for a video game with a shadowed white clothed figure uh, that looked very familiar. I saw the game for Assassin's Creed immediately those memories came like flying back to me and i knew like oh yeah that's right this is the game this is like the first game i was ever like super hyped for outside of like pokemon Mm -hmm. um so ended up getting it and within like three days beat the game (laughs) it was the i binged it like crazy um (laughs) i miss those days when you could binge a game (laughs) yeah um and I think one of the things that like really like enraptured me, maybe not at like that point, but like I recently went back and replayed this game within the last year. Um, It has this sense of like historical magic that feels so good to be in. Like everything about this game feels so rooted in the real world because despite like all of the magical, fantastical elements, because it all is rooted in literal history. Um, you start off as this like second in command assassin. You are inside of like the Holy Lands during the third crusade. It's the game is name dropping like actual locations in the real world and actual people. Mm-hmm. Um, your job is to try and find this apple of Eden that comes from the Ark of the Covenant within Jerusalem. Um, and like you like the entire time you're in this game, you're spending time in Places like Jerusalem, Acre, uh, Damascus, uh, and even like Masyaf, the the main like hub where all the assassins are. Masyaf is an actual real world castle in uh, Syria. Hmm. How about so, that? Michael, in in the first game, do they include the hopping between the one place and the other? Yeah, so not really. So like one of the big things that was like a big draw in the first game is that like you actually have to like travel to these other places. So like mm. there's this large land or like this this game area that exists between all these different worlds or all these different locations that you actually have to ride on horseback to. And like there's like this almost mini game that you have to avoid detection like out in the open world um, in order to like get there as smoothly as possible. Or you could be like what every person did that played the game. Your horse goes faster than everyone else can move. So you just sprint with your horse the entire way to the next location. <laughs> and eventually the uh, the like wanted thing just like falls off. <laughs> OK, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then so you're going along, you're playing within this like historical context. And then at some point you're hit upside the head that um, what you're doing is you're playing as a different character that exists outside of this realm. Like you're, you're playing as this other character named Desmond miles, uh, who is a, like 
kidnapped guy, just a regular old bartender who was kidnapped because his memories hold genetic code or his genetic code holds memories from his ancestors Hmm. that these people um, can access using a device called the animus. So at some point you're like just thrust into this and you're experiencing things and like a glitchy version of this animus experiencing the world in this like messed up way. And you get uh, basically booted into it and you wake up as a different dude waking up on a table talking to random people. Yeah. Uh, And it's like, yeah. And it's like one of the few times in the game where like you get to uh, experience like this limited room where it's just like, cool, there's the table. There's two computers, two people. And then your bedroom and you have to like kind of walk around and like do certain things in there. And it's like this really weird break from this like super high action packed game that happens while you're Altair, which is the character that you're looking back on in the animus. Yeah, this is the part that yeah, this is the part that I always thought was really cool. Yeah, was that your ancestor is the one that you're playing as. Yes. So you're playing through your ancestor's memory. And your ancestor experienced it, so they explain it as it's now hard written in his DNA. So when you were born, you still had the DNA of your ancestor, which had all of these encoded mm-hmm. memories on it. And that's what you're accessing, sure, which yeah. is why when you die in the game, instead of like dying and seeing like a kill screen, it like glitches out because that's not what happened. Yeah, like the whole concept of health in Assassin's Creed is actually called synchronization. It is how closely synchronized you are with your ancestors' memories. So like as you do things that your ancestor wouldn't do, it desynchronizes you. So like you're not allowed to like hurt civilians like that. Hurting civilians in the game actually causes you to lose health. Yeah, how about that? Because your ancestor didn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And so, like so like, like I said, you are looking back on this ancestor of yours whose name is Altair, which is uh, Arabic for uh, bird of prey, which makes complete sense because some of the first things that you like notice when you're playing Assassin's Creed is all of the like eagle or like falcon iconography and like theming. Like one of the most iconic parts about Assassin's Creed games is kind of what we already joked about. Climb to the tallest thing, jump off of it into a hay bale. Uh, and like when you jump off, you hear the screeching of an eagle. Oh, and yeah. Also, like birds of prey, they swoop down and they yeah. go in mm-hmm. for the kill and then they swoop back yeah. up. Exactly. Not to mention the, the iconic like hood basically yep. looks like a bird. And then it's you like, like jump off yeah. and your like robe like flies out. You look like a bird when you jump off. Yeah, that's kind of like that. the whole point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so your plan is Altair and your job is to uh, kind of go through and uh, at first you are this like kind of like semi rogue, just kind of I do what I want assassin. You violate the different like codes of the, the Assassin's Creed. Uh, and uh, it's your your job to basically uh, re-earn your spot within the Assassin's Order as you're going through and completing these different missions. Hmm. Um, is is yeah. your ancestor in like the present day? Is he a member of this Assassin's Creed or no? So. Yes, he technically is, but he left. Um, so your like, current your current day self was a Desmond, part of an Assassin's Desmond Creed? Miles is the character that is in present day, which is really awkward thinking of it because like the game came out in 2007. But everything that happens in <laughs> the modern present, day part is like <laughs> is 2012. So it was five years in the future. But now it's 
nine, almost ten years in the past. Hey, I can't um, see my past lives. This is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> this video game is not realistic at all. I know. It's a whole back to the future situation. Like, I, I want, like, my hoverboards. I want my, like... All the all the same stuff from there. Like I, I want, want be my to... biometric scan of my DNA, unveiling yeah. that there are memories programmed within it, so that I can go back in time and ride a horse around the old west before getting <laughs> shot or syphilis. Yeah, and just as important, I want self laced self lacing shoes. Those are equals. Yeah. The things we just said. Yeah. My thing and your thing, they're the same. Yeah, exactly. Where's where's it at? Science. What's if your science excuse? Is real, then where's my flying car? Mm. <laughs> where's my engine powered by trash? <laughs> where's the Mister Fusion? I just want new Coke back, but it better. Yeah. <laughs> Newer Coke. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, so you are going through this and like it's it's like like I was kind of saying, it's this really weird dichotomy in like sections of the game where you were playing as Altair. You're able to do this batshit cool stuff. You're climbing buildings. You're like going around completing these missions, gathering intel on your different targets that the order has assigned to you, uh, which it can get a little repetitive. Uh, like it's one of the biggest knocks on this game is that like every time you get like a new target, you have to go do like the same four things and then you relay that new information to like the assassin's bureau they basically give you the okay of like yeah you can go pursue your contract now um and you go kill them and it's like okay yeah, yeah yeah that can get a little like repetitive i get it um but one of the things that's really really cool about this is that when you are kind of like pulled out and like separated from altair and you're playing as desmond uh it's this really strange feeling of like dichotomy like it is so separate, like you can only like walk in this room. You can't climb on anything. You're super limited in what you can do. But each time that you come out, you can only come out at like certain points. Uh, and this each time that you come out, you're presented with like new things that you can do in the outside world, um, primarily talking to like these two characters that are there with you. One is like the head doctor or the head scientist who's like kind of overlooking the project, uh, trying to like accomplish a goal. Uh, I can't remember his name, but the other one whose name is Lucy. Lucy's like his secretary, the person who actually like runs the animus. She's the one who like does all the programming, fixes it up every once in a while. Um, that's her job. And so like whenever you come out of the animus, you can have opportunities to like talk to them and you learn new stuff or they step away from their computers and you can actually like use their passwords and hack <laughs> into their like email. Uh, <laughs> and it's like you get to start seeing this story that is unfolding in the background like you start learning like why is desmond in the animus like why desmond in particular it turns out like desmond used to be a part of this assassin order and he has memories that link back to this apple of eden that the um which the people who uh are running this whole animus project they're actually like the modern day version of the knights templar um, Ooh, I thought okay, because his hood is very reminiscent of the Knights Templar. They have these white robes, and they have like the cross in the back, and yeah. So one of the major plot points is that the assassin, the Order of Assassins, and the Knights Templar are actually at direct odds from each other. Uh oh. Can I? Yeah, like, can I take a second to ask Professor Nick something? <laughs> hey, Professor Nick. Yes. What's the Knights Templar? So Knights Templar, I think, are somehow involved in the Crusades, if I'm not mistaken. I think yeah. their their entire thing is like they have to find the Holy Grail. Is that right? 
Or am I getting so, yeah, too? So that like, was what the Crusades were all about, was finding the, the Holy the, Grail. Not, no, the, Crusades were, the Crusades were more about reclaiming the Holy Land. Yeah. Uh, like, mm-hmm. yeah. So the it was Knights it Templar, was bad uh, it was bad war propaganda that it was about finding the Holy Grail. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I got bad intel. There was WMDs in there. <laughs> but yeah, it's so like one of the big things of the Knights Templar is they're like the semi-secretive organization that operates under the church, and they're really the ones who are in charge of going in and operating within the 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 Holy Land. Yep. It, okay. it was like they were the like the officers trying to reclaim everything. So what's the difference between the Freemasons and the Knights Templar? That's <laughs> not much. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and that's one of the things that's we really need hint- to do the conspiracy episode. And, yeah, but that, that's something that's hinted at and like actually like played up a ton within these video games is that like the uh the knights templar have evolved and become these different names like all throughout like the world and history and now like their common name is this random company called abstergo abstergo is this like they're basically like the amazon of today like they make like medicinal products they do like science like yeah they they do like a shit ton of like really unethical stuff but they're like providing everything for everyone so everyone's just kind of like that's fine capitalism Um, great (laughs) Uh, <laughs> um and but yeah so like this there's this main conflict where you are like altair you are trying to accomplish these different contracts but as you're going through you're learning of this story of like these abstergo is still trying to find the apple of eden that altair apparently found uh back in history and they're trying to relive his memories and gather that data to figure out what potentially could have happened with the apple of eden uh, you're not really told much of like what the apple can do. It's just like something that everyone wants. And it um, is the apple of Eden, like the one that Eve that's the one bit that Adam that. Yeah. No, nope, not Adam. Adam. Well, Eve. that's 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 oh, how it's Eve presented. It. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. That's that's how it's presented. That's how it's presented. Um, and uh, the thing that's really cool about this dichotomy is that like you have these sections of like where you're learning more in this historical context, but then you come out and there's this like suspense that's built. Like that there is something like much larger that's actually going on here. Uh, and it's like a really cool way of framing this historical like historical aspect that you're playing through with this modern day like look on it. It was like someone just being like, whoa, like Altair was a real guy. Why are these people speaking English? Like what the hell is the Apple of Eden? Like basically and it goes through and it actually goes through and answers all of these questions as you play out. So was Altair an assassin? Like a yes. real assassin? I don't know if I don't think he was a real person, but Oh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You said Altair was real and I was like, what? <laughs> what what could possibly be bigger than like the Apple of Eden? Like what's at stake here? <laughs> yeah. So Speaking of stakes, I think that if they found one of the crucifixion nails, that'd probably be pretty big. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um so basically what you end up like we'll we'll go through. We're not gonna just talk about Assassin's Creed one. Um, good. You go through. You learn all. I want to talk about Black Flag. <laughs> Everybody wants to the, talk about the pirate Black game. Flag. <laughs> the pirate game. Um, Jack Sparrow. So you go through. You learn all this stuff. You get to the end, and uh, eventually, you learn that uh, your leader of the Assassin Order, uh, he has kind of like gone rogue and taking control of the assassins for like nefarious needs. Um, you Which find one? In modern day or in... No, no, no. In, in, the his, in history, as Altair. God, um, yeah. 
you uh you eventually you reclaim the apple of eden before you know this you give it to him uh and you're just kind of like what does it do and he's like many things it's a super powerful artifact and you look at it and it's this gold little gold orb with these like different markings on it. it's not a physical apple um hmm. it's just kind of like the namesake of it and as you go through you figure out like you come back and at some point uh you learn from these different people that you're killing so all these different people that you've been killing throughout this game turns out they're actually all different Templars. They're all different people who belong to that organization. They all are working as like a collective group towards this goal of finding the Apple of Eden um, to do whatever they feel like they want to do with it. And you learn that their main goal is basically um, world peace through subjugation. Uh, Uh, I mean, that's that's not bad. No, Nick. (laughs) No. We've got like 20 episodes without you saying something problematic. <laughs> I, I was like, world peace? Great. The subjugation? Mm. Not so great. <laughs> Not so good. But I like world peace, I guess. So Yeah. So it's the whole idea of like, if you take away free, free will, then you can create a perfect society. Guys, we're back on our entertain this bullshit right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love it. We're talking about free will. We're talking about... Nick being problematic. This is great. This is classic. This is this is entertain this classic, like yep. Coca Cola classic. It's that old taste you love. When you look at it, it's like, yeah, I guess that's one of the routes to world peace. You probably don't need to be so ham fisted about it, but um, well, so I mean, like, if you if you look important. back on it, like even given like a historical context with the Templars coming from like the Catholic Church and like some of the stances that the Catholic Church have had, things that they've done in the past, it's like. Oh, yeah, that makes complete sense for them. That tracks, yeah. <laughs> so the Apple of Eden is a mind control device. Is that what I am to understand? It is. Like a, it will control a lot. people. It is It is a lot more than that. Uh, it uh, is a sin. Yeah. It, Let's it, break it, it can, down. Yeah. yeah. So essentially, like, you, your, your, your big boss, uh, Al-Mualim. Al-Mualim is, like, the head of the, like, Assassin's Order. That's his name. Uh, what's his um, name? Al-Mualim. Can you say that three times fast? That's good. But that's good podcasting right there. I'm uh, calling ambulance. <laughs> I'm an enemy. Um, so you eventually you learn that like, oh, turns out Almuelum is actually a Templar who defected because he wanted to find the Apple of Eden and use it for his own means before the other Templars uh get it damn it, so I'm you're like mom. oh shit you ride on you ride your little happy ass back to back to masyaf uh you get there and you learn oh shit all the other assassins besides like a select few that are supporting me have been mind controlled and are now trying to kill me so you gotta like fight your way like one of the goals is that you fight your way without actually killing anyone like you just knock them out uh you eventually make it up and you fight Almualam, and he is like harnessing the power of this apple of eden where he's creating like copies of himself he's creating projections he is like taunting you this whole time he can he can't mind control you because you like know the power of the apple and your will is like too high like you've got too high of a wisdom score something um, like that yeah nice yeah you're immune to to charm effects yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> that took a too high <laughs> and through this like you uh eventually like altair is able to kill him and he picks up the apple of eden first thing that happens when he does that a giant map like uh, almost like a holographic map kind of like shows up over top of him uh and it points to these little like white glowing spots on it 
And as they're doing this, it transforms where like this usual perspective that you used to have like a third person, like over the shoulder thing where it's just like you and Altair uh, to like you start hearing the voices of the scientist and Lucy, where it's like the scientist is like, zoom in on that. There we have it. We have the information we needed. Uh, and then immediately pulls you out uh, oh. of the animus. Um and throughout this entire thing, so like Altair has this really weird ability called Eagle Vision, uh, which essentially is like a gameplay mechanic where you the world goes black and certain targets, certain people will glow a different color based off of like their status to Altair. So whether they're like an ally or an enemy or whether they're like suspicious of Altair or they're looking for him, um, it's it just seems like a gameplay mechanic. It's just like, cool. All right, whatever. Right. But you get pulled out of the animus. They basically uh, the the scientist and Lucy, they end up walking out and like talking. Lucy kind of gives you this like vague warning of like, hey, if you eat, if you don't figure out a way out of here, like you're, they're going to kill you because they got what they needed. Um, they're just going to so, kill. Him? Yeah. Yeah. And so so Desmond's like, all right, all right, all right. What, what's going on? What's going on? He walks back to bed. And now through this thing that the game explains called like the bleed through effect. Desmond is actually like through experiencing his ancestors memories, getting some of their abilities. Awesome. One of which it, the game tells you, you now have Eagle vision. So you go back Damn. to your bed bedroom, you look back and above your bed and like the game basically locks you in, forces the camera on that and says, use Eagle vision. Use it. And all of a sudden a, the wall, the entire wall gets covered in different symbols and scripture and different like like letters and numbers and symbols and basically it's just like the entire game turns into this weird conspiracy theory bullshit it's um, pepe sylvia yeah <laughs> i don't know what that is <laughs> always sunny in philadelphia pepe sylvia pepe sylvia oh i don't know <laughs> i've been waiting all day to talk to you about pepe sylvia that's <laughs> fine go ahead pepe the frog that's about it though no no we'll get to it i'll do an episode on always sunny don't worry <laughs> okay um but yeah so you basically learned that like the there was a previous test subject and he was experimented and like using the same things but the bleed through effect actually caused him to go semi-insane and what he ended hmm. up doing before he died was he basically cut himself and like all of these symbols and all the stuff that you see like on the walls and stuff that was him writing all of this in his own blood uh that cool. like they, even though they cleaned it up Altair can or like Desmond can still see that uh, and it basically Ooh. says like takes this game from like cool there's this like really like this really cool concept you go through history you do all this and like you learn like the apple of Eden that's pretty crazy but that's what's going on there like I don't know you got the Templars that are now Abstergo and it's like yeah big bad evil corp yeah we get it and then it turns that into like whoa there's a bigger thing going on here <laughs> Like there is a lot more lore that is sitting outside of this. And that was something that Assassin's Creed games actually become famous for is like dropping these late game, like world twisting uh, pieces of like knowledge. So that, what's like, the trans- twist? What, Basically, what was written on the wall? It's just a whole bunch of like weird iconography and symbols and stuff that you can't really make out. But you do pick up like the 
pyramids of Giza. You do pick up like a sh- like a shogunate temple from like Japan. You pick up like different like recognizable symbols and like things that you would recognize from history. What does uh, it mean, Michael? What's okay, it mean? Well, What's okay, it well, mean? basically, it's the guy, the test subject before you. He's trying to leave all these clues in a code for where all of these like different pieces of Eden are. Oh, um, it, got, it got busted up. Yeah, you don't find that out during this game, um, but that's just something that, like, as you play through the other games, it's something you look back on and like figure out. Mm, I like um, that. But like, like are they, you, this is this is at the end of the game, right? So it's more like this like is a, the last thing that you really see. So it's a cliffhanger. Yeah, do you, <laughs> get, TV do you get yeeted after that because you don't find your way out? They'd kill you. No, so the game just stops there, um, and that's it. You're just left on oh. that cliffhanger. next comes assassin's creed 2 launched a few years later where you pick up immediately where you left off you are desmond looking at this wall you zoom you you, like undo your eagle vision uh and you walk out turns out lucy was an undercover assassin who uh throughout this entire thing is like trying to help you she's trying to like she was breaking like the animus telling them that you have to take breaks when you didn't actually have to trying to delay abstergo's process the whole way um, she comes walking in and basically is like, cool. All right. We're getting you out of here. Um, you go through like a whole thing where you actually have to like sneak through the whole Abstergo building, get to the car, uh, and go to like this new little assassins hideout where you meet like two other fellow assassins. Uh, one thing that's like a little cool is that like the modern day assassins are not all like physical badasses, but they're like all special for their own, like unique talents. So like you've got uh, Lucy, who is the like the coordinator of all this, like she can fight, but like her, that's not like necessarily your specialty. Like she's generally smart, generally like competent, like just a good leader. You've got um, two other people. One of which is like his specialty is history. Like he knows history kind of like Nick, uh, where like <laughs> oh, whatever you're experiencing, like in the game, he can just be like, oh, that's this. This is why this is important. Uh, and it's like his job to link what you're seeing in the animus to like actual historical events and like places. Uh, then you have the other person who is like the engineer. It's her responsibility. She basically made her own animus, some that she calls animus 2.0. Um, and it's her job is to basically manage and run this new animus. So we so we're all here. That's the three of us. We got the <laughs> one who's the one who's leading the charge. We got the engineer. We got the history buff. Yeah, <laughs> I love I like that, the, guys. I like the we did it. Buff because yeah, of course you do, you little no, nerd. No, listen, he has a he has a very, very distinct, important purpose because he's the person that's telling the people that maybe didn't pay so much attention to history class. Like, this is why this is important. The pyramids of Giza are constructed by aliens, and this is why you know. This is why they're this important. This is not the conspiracy the game, the, game, the game doesn't go that far yet. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, but so you get Assassin's Creed 2. Now you like you got all the information you could out of Altair at the time. You have reached your limit on like the memories that you can access from his like genetic code. Okay. Um, so now you're like, OK, we need more info, but we can't use Altair. So what do we do? We choose a different person. You now are going back as this uh, person in uh, Italian Renaissance known as Ezio Adtore. Uh Hey. Yeah. <laughs> Ezio. Hey. In which the games that Ezio, where Ezio is the main character, there's three of them, those are not kind of 
typically known as like the best games in the Assassin's Creed franchise. These are the ones where all the like really crazy shit starts to really pop off. Mm. Uh, not pop only off, because sis. of that, but because Ezio is the, whereas like Altier is kind of like this blank slate character. Like he's just kind of like, I need this info. Give me this info. I'm going to kill you. Give me this info or else I'm going to kill you. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Whereas like Ezio is this guy who has like his own personality. He's super charismatic. He fits right into like the Italian Renaissance uh, history. Whereas like this guy where it's just like he can fight. He can do art. He can have sex. He can be like whatever you want him to be. Like he like he's this guy that just he's the Renaissance man. Um, Literally. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Do you get to run into Shakespeare and like mess him up? Different, you don't run into shake yeah different, different period time. of time yeah uh oh, renaissance. You, renaissance renaissance you do get to run into some other like historical <laughs> figures like da vinci you run into and actually become friends with leonardo da vinci uh, oh we boy. love da vinci yeah Rub so, my gr- greedy little paws over here yeah so da vinci's <laughs> actually like in the game you are a younger like teen where you start off as and mm-hmm. you've got like your whole like auditory family which is like your dad, you've got two brothers, you've got a sister and a mom. Uh, da Vinci's actually like a good friend of your mom's. He's like oh, very cool. He's just like her art collector. How about that? <laughs> uh, and throughout this, like like you be you you get to meet like the Medici family, uh, who are like the people who run this the part of Italy that you like make your you're like originally from, Florence. Um, and like your dad is the like bank or is like one of the main like people of the like the da vinci or sorry not the da vinci the medici family i have to uh, look them up real quick because they were important for some reason and I they can't. were the big like banking family in uh italy like they were they had like the largest multinational bank and they ended up like securing their own power outside of the like actual royalty in italy mm-hmm. to the point where like instead of like outside countries like having their the the leaders having their daughters like marry the ruler of italy their daughters would marry the like first in line of the medici family <laughs> i knew yeah. i remembered them because they like they did a whole bunch of art collecting i think yeah. back in the yeah, yeah. and that's why they, we have like renaissance paintings now is because of the medici family so yeah they did a lot of like not just like art collecting but they did a lot of like sponsorships for different yeah, artists exactly and stuff. that's what yeah. they did that's what they yeah. did leonardo and what the hell is his name da vinci the sistine chapel mm-hmm. Oh, the sister uh, Michelangelo. 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 Yeah, he was. Just yeah. think, what? Who? Which Ninja Turtle have I not said yet? Right. <laughs> yeah. You still got two more. Still got. You two got more. Michelangelo. You got Donatello. Yeah. You got Da Vinci. Fettuccine. Da, da Vinci isn't a Ninja Turtle, but you know. <laughs> uh, Alfredo. Well, Leonardo is. Leonardo is. Yeah. Huh. Hold Anyways. on. Can we name all the Ninja Turtles real quick? Because now I'm stuck on yeah, that. Leonardo, Michelangelo, Michelangelo, Da Vinci, and Donatello and not Da Vinci and Nope. What did so I we say? Got, we got Michelangelo. We got okay. Leonardo. We got Donatello. And then Who's the last one? Who's the last one? Raphael. Raphael. <laughs> yeah. Baby. Yeah. Let's keep going. <laughs> um and which like for me, this was like something really, really cool. Because like at the time I was like really big into like my family history and we were going through like a Medici like documentary at school. And so I was like learning about this stuff. And it was like turns out like my personal family history, like my my dad's side of my family actually going back through history has direct ties to the Medici family. Whoa. Huh. Yeah. Medici my, Michael. My daughter. <laughs> Is that how that works? Maybe. I don't know. Michael Medici. But um, yeah, it's like I like my last name is Savoia. 
the one of the last ruling families of Italy, their name is Savoy, and which my family, I, I directly come from that family. Um, Your royalty. Huh. Kind of in a weird way, but like the Savoy family was like super large. It was super huge. So there's tons oh. of us. Okay. Um, That's yeah. what happens when you look back on one ancestry, you have like million. <laughs> yeah. And especially nowadays. like for a, like a royal family where it's like Savoy, like there's power in that last name. Oh yeah. Everyone's and so like the it. goal is to like keep that last name at all costs. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, cool. There's like 180 different branch families of the Savoy family. It, so you know, you're the happens. Savoy as. Well, that's just like end. how it got bastardized <laughs> when my like great grandparents came to Ellis Island. Yeah, because they were like, uh, Savoia, good, send it. <laughs> well, it's like they said it, think of it like with an Italian accent. Hey, what the Savoia? Mm, we are Savoia. And so like the people at Ellis Island are like, all right, all right. S-A-V-O-I-A. We got it. Yep. Yep. You know, the, the beauty of the Assassin's Creed games is that their goal when making it is probably exactly what we're doing now, which is like looking back on your own history and understanding mm -hmm. where you came from, because that's like the main premise of the game. And that's yeah. exactly what you did and exactly where the game got you. So like, I know just talking about the game now, like I want to jump on like Ancestry.com and like <laughs> sign my soul away to the Mormons so yeah, that I like can see secret documents and things like that. Pay a thousand dollars. In case you don't know, when you sign up for Ancestry.com, they will give you a two month free trial. But in the contract for the two month free trial, they say that if your soul isn't claimed when you die, the Mormons get your soul. I don't know what that <laughs> entails, but it's in the contract for Ancestry.com. So be careful and read those agreeing terms. Take care of it. I that bet. might be better than like uh, 23 and Me, where it's like they actually sell your DNA to the highest bidder. <laughs> Why do people want my DNA? Well, they have it now. So, so they can see your ancestors' uh, histories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got those haplogroups, boy. I got those, uh, yeah. what is it? Northern European uh, Finnish <laughs> haplogroups. <Yeah. laughs> I'm, um, I think, all German and English, and that's it. That's And exciting. Irish. German, English, yeah. and Irish. I'm a mutt. I'm yeah. a dirty mutt. <laughs> we are we all? <laughs> yeah. Like, is there such thing as like a pure, like a pure rate? Like, no, we're we're getting no. into weird shit now. Um, There's there are no pure branches of <laughs> genetic the great code. American melting pot. Except yeah. <laughs> maybe the royal family is still there. Cool and bread, but whatever. At least yeah, at least uh, yeah. branches of it. But anyways, anyways, anyways. <laughs> let's let's get back to Assassin's Creed. Uh, so the whole thing with uh, Ezio is that like your dad is an assassin. Ezio doesn't really know that he's like kind of born into this assassin family. He's just been like subtly trained, which like is something that they talk about is like still a thing where it's like uh, Desmond grew up in this like assassin commune where it was like completely separate from society where his parents basically were like, because that's what you have to do. Like when your enemy is the, the basically amazon uh <laughs> who has access to all this information they have their own satellites they like have their own basically military branch uh, what information can they not find like the only way to do get away from that is to basically completely cut yourself off from society and like go hide uh, off the grid off the grid yeah. <laughs> and that's what that's what the assassins have had to do because their forces have basically been dwindled from this point where like you have this entire castle and like monastery basically of people to where now it's just like three or four families um, of like seven or eight people. <laughs> uh, 
So all right, so yeah. I'm I'm worried because we're starting to run short on time, and I want to talk about Black Flag, and I also want to talk about the one that takes place during the American Revolution. Yeah, that's three and four. Those so three is kind of known as for being like not that great. Is that the American uh, Revolution one? Yes. Um, it looked so <laughs> yeah. good. Though. The assassins, all of the Assassin's Creeds have some of the best video game trailers of all time. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Like this is like back in like the old Tobuscus days of like literal trailers. Like I remember the big one that like got me hooked on that was uh the Assassin's Creed Brotherhood one. Mm. Where it's like Ezio just kind of walking through a crowd, walking towards his enemy as like four or five other assassins are like kind of like taking care of him, like shooting people, killing them, like as they're about to kill Ezio. And Ezio's just like, I'm a badass. I'm gonna walk through the crowd and you're just gonna deal with it. Um but yeah, so uh, we're probably not going to talk touch too much on those ones. Um, they're very good games. Three, not so much. Assassin's Creed four is basically pirate simulator. It's uh, pirates <laughs> online, but they yeah. made it for console. It was awesome. Yeah. That's all I had to say. <laughs> um, yeah. And actually like Assassin's Creed four is like the first one where you're not playing as like uh, Desmond. My Ma- as like someone as like someone being in an animus to access this stuff. That's the first one where uh, you are. Actually, three months. No, three year in an animus. Um, you're actually playing as like an Abstergo employee who they basically because they couldn't like they couldn't get the like pieces of Eden. Uh, they basically like, OK, cool. How do we use this like information now as a uh, as to make money? Cool, we're going to turn <laughs> like the story. It gets super meta. We're going to turn this history of like uh, Desmond's ancestors into uh, a video game. <laughs> We're turn, we're making a pirate video game made from the history of uh, Miles's ancestors. Hey, wait yeah. a minute! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they made Assassin's Creed in Assassin's Creed. Yeah, it's like, dope, yeah. kinda. Yeah. yeah, and so Assassin's Creed Four is like you're an Abstergo employee playing through this video game. <laughs> Assassin's Creed Four—that's Black Flag, right? Yes. Okay, yeah. so that's the one I got for free with a code. Yeah, yeah. So it's that, really that takes good place game. In what 1800s ish? It's happening. I don't remember the exact timeline, but it's happening during like the um, the oh gosh, I when did Pirates remember. of the Caribbean happen? Uh, well, it's it dur- it's happen, during that same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it has to happen chronologically after the American Revolutionary War, right? Because that's how they do things. They didn't teach it in history. It happens before. But when oh. were pirates a thing? What else was happening in the world while pirates were a thing? Uh, well, Discovery of America. Yeah. Um, so you had like, like 1700s. That was pirates. Time. I mean, it's like as soon as long as people had boats, there were pirates. Yeah, but I <laughs> mean, much. like Captain Jack Sparrow, Blackbeard, pirate time. Oh yeah. god, this would be a great time for us to have Chloe, but she unfortunately is not here today. No, oh, she's ill. Can we do the the intro? I'll, I'll give do you, you want what I got. to? Do you want it? No, I don't when want it. We're what's happening now? Hey, what's up? What's up, guys? It's me, not Chloe. Um, it's not Chloe. It's Nick. Yeah, it's me. Uh, so, pirates, I think, were a thing, uh, roughly the 1700s, maybe before that, but it kind of stopped in the 1800s because you had this thing called impressment, where British ships would sail the Atlantic and they'd they'd capture these pirate ships and they'd say, "Hey, you guys are going to come work for us now." And it's like, well, what if we don't want to? Well, then they shot them right there, <laughs> and that became a big issue, like with the American. Uh, the war of 1812 because they were taking 
the British were taking American sailors. We were, we're our own country now. And they were saying, why don't you come work with us? And that's kind of what sparked the War of 1812. Um, but yeah, it kind of stopped after that because we get like modern naval power and we get steamboats yeah. and we get all this stuff. So pirates are kind of on the way out by that time. Yeah. So like the, the golden age it. of piracy is known from being from uh, six, the 1650s to like the 1730s. Cause it like, co- wow. Yeah. Cause it coincides with the, the end of the uh, golden age piracy ends with the uh, post Spanish succession uh, within the Caribbean. Guys, oh, this okay. episode, I don't know how I just know this. This episode of the podcast is so good. <laughs> <laughs> I know that sitting here in it. That's incredible. Yeah. Spanish session was like when Spain kind of gave up on their colonies and yeah. like Cuba, Mexico, I think parts of the Southwest and America mm-hmm. too, they're just like, oh, this is too much work. I'm done. Yeah. It's like the, <laughs> like the last bit of like sailors that are like in that area, they actually were like previously like Anglo-American like privateers mm-hmm. that were employed by the Spanish Armada that were like basically left to left to rot when they left. And they're like, cool, I guess we're just going to rob everyone. <laughs> we're going to get on yeah. boats. We're going to be <laughs> big old pirates. Yeah. But this is this is like this is like from like this is where we have like historical reference for like Blackbeard and shit. Wow. Yep. Yeah. That is so Spanish colony. Yeah. And I, I believe if I remember correctly, it's been a while since I played four. I think Blackbeard is an act. I think Blackbeard is actually a character in Black Flag. Nice. That, yeah, that checks out. I love that. Yeah. So, how many Assassin's Creeds are there? There's like, there's like in, fifteen now. In 2021, how many official Assassin's Creed games are there, and what is going on? There hasn't Assassin's been one Creed, recently. Yeah. I know. No, there was. There was one just like a year or two ago uh, called Valhalla. Oh, Ooh, Assassin's Creed that. Valhalla. Yeah. So, like, there was actually like a big reboot of the Assassin's Creed franchise uh, back with Assassin's Creed Origins. Okay. Uh, which is like where you play as this character in like ancient Egypt, and it's supposed to be like the founding of the Assassin's Order. Mm-hmm. Um, and it basically turned it from this like kind of formulaic approach that we were used to, where it's like, like you still have like the core elements of like free roaming. You can like climb buildings. You can do parkour shit. You kill people. Uh, but it turned it from like essentially this game where you can kind of like one button mash to do combos and stuff to like more of a like more actiony style of game akin to a combat style, more like Dark Souls esque, hmm. um, where it's like you have to like prepare your equipment. You have like RPG mechanics where you can like have talent trees. You can like spec into things. Uh, You're talking about like, Odyssey, right? Origins. Origins. Origins was the first one. Origins. Okay. Um, Origins was in uh, ancient Egypt. Yeah. yeah which yeah. is why I lost it over that. I remember yeah. people were really big into that game because they were like, oh, the ancient Egypt is mapped so well. Yeah. Or was yeah, it yeah. ancient Rome? I don't remember. Well, there, there were a few. The, the biggest one ancient Rome was, was Odyssey. Uh, okay, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Odyssey's ancient Greece. Um, ancient Greece. Sorry, ooh. I always get those confused. Well, so there, there's <laughs> been a lot of things that actually like have gone on. There's been like tons and tons of different Assassin's Creed games. One of which was actually Assassin. It's one that happens during the French Revolution. Oh, uh, is that called Syndicate? No, that Assassin's one happens during the Industrial Creed. Revolution. Oh, Assassin's Creed Les Misérables. Uh, <laughs> Assassin's Creed French. Assassin's uh, Creed. Uh, we don't like Napoleon anymore. He needs to go. Unity. Assassin's Creed Unity. Unity. Yeah. And yes. the thing that's really important about this one is that the developers and the artists went into such detail with this. Do you guys remember when the uh, the the Louvre burned down? Uh, a maybe. A while 
ago wasn't this is it? like a few years ago yeah 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 um so it was really unfortunate because like they didn't have like any historical records of like the architecture or like any blueprints or anything like that but they had assassin's creed but they had Assassin's Creed. Are you freaking <laughs> artists, kidding me? The artists of this game went into oh. such detail that they had a like down to like the millimeter reconstruction of the Louvre in the game. And they were able to use the 3D model to reconstruct uh, anything that was like uh, that was like needed repairs. This oh. game is dope and I don't care who you are. Yeah, this series is dope and it's. Yeah. It saved history. It saved my life. It saved America. That is this game. Yeah. But to kind of like go back now that we've kind of like talked about all that, let's go back to Assassin's okay, Creed 2 for a minute back. because this is where things kind of like really jump off and get like crazy. So you go through da, 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 da. You like do all the stuff that you do. You, you're, you're Ezio, you're Italian assassin man. Yep. You're suave and like you're cool and all that. And everyone wants to be him. Uh, yeah. Basically, Ezio is the chat of the Assassin's Creed franchise. Um, <laughs> Disgusting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and at the end, you are chasing after your enemy who you have throughout this entire game because he killed you, basically your whole family. Um, Not cool. And he has now his name is Rob, like Roberto Borgia which was an actual like historical figure um, who within Assassin's Creed, he became the Pope. So like the last mission is you're trying to infiltrate uh, the, uh, the Vatican to go kill the Pope. <laughs> okay. Oh. That's a pretty high value target there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so eventually like you fight him, you fight him, you fight him. Turns out he has his own piece of Eden, which is like, is what like the apple of Eden is. It's this piece of Eden, which is just like this mystical, like, artifact almost that you mm-hmm. can use it's like the st- the pope staff is a piece of eden um where it's essentially like these things that you can use to harness like mystical power um okay he has it and you fight him eventually you like basically kill him but you don't um but you use the staff and the p- the apple of eden which Ezio or yeah which uh yeah Ezio has um and at somewhere inside of the vatican you use them and it it opens up this really weird doorway it's like okay what's on what's behind door number three you go you walk (laughs) in and all of a sudden this like holographic person that almost looks like alien-esque kind of just shows up and starts talking to Ezio and it's like okay like there's like basically all of this like higher order religion ancient society like alien-esque thing or it's like cool like let me tell you about this and Ezio's like what are you talking about what what are you saying to me and she's and basically this alien person is like no not you Ezio I'm talking to you and looks into the camera Desmond ah and it basically outlines that uh there was this ancient society of beings that basically ruled above humans that created these different pieces of Eden that this whole context has now been basically turned into this biblio like Bible-esque story. Uh, but it was this like futuristic society that they are now like extinct and are communicating with the future people of the world uh, to prevent some incoming natural disaster. Uh, and this was like the biggest twist in gaming at the time. And I remember, (laughs) I remember me and my buddy, uh, Andrew, we finished the game in his basement. We had just like 100% completed it and then finished that part. Mm -hmm. Uh, we just like looked at each other 
at, like as soon as it ended, we're like, is this real? And we immediately went to the computer to try and research all of this <laughs> stuff to see if like as this if was all like real stuff. Cause like everything else in the game was so like as far as we were concerned, like so historically accurate that like you auto like you just throw in this like crazy piece of like fantasy sci-fi lore into it we're just like what the fuck <laughs> we're living in a simulation yeah and so like the next few games are all about like you desmond as like Ezio or as connor in assassin's creed 3 where during the revolutionary war trying to present prevent this disaster this apocalypse that's happening in 2012 um uh before it can destroy the world stop uh, yeah <laughs> too real <laughs> yeah um uh, like assassin's creed leans so ha- super heavily in like the conspiracy theory world while still keeping it like grounded in like this semi-realistic history where it like really t- buys you into this like whole thing being real and for all you know it could be it could be <laughs> Like it talks about like the Freemasons. It talks about like the Knights Templar, all these secret societies. Uh, It talks about like all of these like pieces of power. Like even like there's different parts of like Assassin's Creed 2 where you are trying to find these different clues that the previous like previous test subject that left all the blood in the walls in Assassin's Creed 1. Mm -hmm. We basically left clues on the different buildings inside of Renaissance Italy for Desmond to find. and part of the like unlock puzzles of that is like cool here's some paintings uh like historical paintings that we've all like seen and loved find the apple of eden in those like the the in-game golden apple wow and it's like one of those things where like you're searching through i was like wait is this is this real and you like, compare it to like real it's like a little bit photoshop but it's it looks basically real <laughs> i um, love that yeah and so it, like the whole game is about like getting you to buy into this concept before it twists everything on its head and you like get to the end and you like actually believe in this shit uh that this like all of this stuff could actually be real it's like the perfect game for people who love conspiracy theories <laughs> yeah. that's I just you myself Nick. yeah and along with that the gameplay is actually great, like especially in Assassin's Creed 2 and like the like pseudo sequels. After that, you got Assassin's Creed 2, Assassin's Creed 2 Brotherhood and Assassin's Creed 2 Revelations. They're basically just three games that follow Ezio Auditore uh, as he like gets older and does different things like throughout his life. Um three is the like basically anytime it's like a one two three situation, it's because they change who you're following uh, in the in your like memories. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to buy that, uh, Assassin's Creed, uh, American revolution. Yeah. You'll really uh, like that one. Cause you actually get to like, I gotta go. walk around and interact <laughs> with like George Washington, Thomas Jefferson. And like, those are like key parts of it. Um, and then secondly, uh, is there, I have to ask this because we just came hot off the heels of the train episode, but is there a game where you could perhaps maybe see a couple trains? I believe in syndicate there's trains okay um it's been a while since i've seen that one but uh, uh, check it out. <laughs> uh but yeah um because that one's happening during like the industrial revolution so there's gotta in, be trains in, in england yeah so it's, there's gotta be trains in there somewhere right there's i'm there gonna kingsman video game in the style of assassin's creed Ooh. Mm. a plus fellas yeah yeah but 
Yeah, so if if you if you do play these games, I highly recommend you play one, even if it's not the most fun. Speed through it, get through it as fast as you can, just for the context. Uh, play two and all of the like sub sequels to that, uh, because those are the best in the games. So, like that's two, uh, Brotherhood and Revelations. Play those three. Play three then, even though that's not the most fun game, just because that's like the conclusion to Desmond's story. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, play Black Flag because it's a fun pirate simulator and play whatever <laughs> other ones you want <laughs> because like they sound fun. Um, keep in mind, like after after three or sorry, after like Origins, when they kind of like do a refresh of the series, um, the games get a lot less historically grounded. Um, <laughs> like in uh, in Odyssey in the Greek one, you were fighting like Minotaurs and like Medusas and uh, <laughs> were you there? They could have existed. You don't know. Yeah. And <laughs> then in, uh, in Valhalla, you have you play as like Odin in some parts where this you are like actually like in Valhalla <laughs> as, if, as if it's a real place. And you're fighting like Valkyries and uh, it becomes like almost like a almost like a like Viking fantasy game. OK, <laughs> yeah, a lot less historically. That took a grounded. turn. Yeah, that took so a turn. I was I was way on board through the through the history. It yeah, absolutely jumped the, the shark. The ones <laughs> the ones that are like historically grounded to me are so much more interesting. And like to mm-hmm. the point where like I've played Origins, Odyssey and Valhalla. And like while I was able to like really have fun and enjoy even though they're kind of samey all the ones before that like these ones it gets to the point where it's just kind of like it's lost a bit of the magic which is super mm-hmm. unfortunate because uh, like these games still have so much potential but say levy you can only say make you can only make like 15 or so games and keep like some of them interesting but <laughs> yep <laughs> scathing review the, mag- the magic's gonna wear off at some point <laughs> that's right we need something new that's why yeah. they tried to make a uh, cyberpunk, but they messed that up too. Oh boy. Yeah. Go back <laughs> to the cyberpunk episode <laughs> to hear more about that. <laughs> Yikes. I forgot it, we did the, is, yeah. it, is it good? Is it good now? Nope. It's, it's better. <laughs> it's yeah, it's better, but it's still nowhere near being good. All right. Well, anyway, we'll buy it. Yeah. Hey, we have a quick, this coming up from Mr. Nick Mustakangas. Oh, snap. Right That's after me. this musical interlude. And we're back. Oh, it's quick. Yeah. That's a, that was quick. This you'll make know. it. No, nope. you'll make intro. It, you'll make it last list. longer. Yeah. That, that wasn't really a, a good joke. Um, does somebody have a uh, timer for me for this? God quick damn list? it, Nick. I've you know what? I've you know what you missed, Michael? What you missed my Chris Pratt song last week. It's a real bad. Is it, is it about how he's Mario Garfield? Uh, he, there are bits of that in there. Yeah, okay, how cool, we can't cool. say no to a role, that it's, kind of stuff. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a Chris Pratt diss track. Ooh. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> it really is. I yeah, like that's, it. That's that's unfortunate. You can you can listen to the podcast from last week's quick this if you want to hear my Chris Pratt diss track. But but you gotta listen all the way through. You gotta wait to the end. Yeah, you gotta listen to. You have to listen to at least ten minutes of it, so that way it counts towards our analytics. Yep, you gotta listen to some train stuff, and then you can listen to the Chris Pratt diss track. <laughs> All right, Nick, I've got a timer. You gotta take the express to get to the station. I don't know. Hot, hot. Yeah, we got it. Hot, Are hot. you ready? <clears throat> yes. Go. Three, two, one. Quick, this. 
On today's Quick This, I'm answering the question that nobody asked, but is surely of some interest to somebody out there. Can I try to ask it first? Okay, go ahead. Um, what's your favorite? What's your favorite candy? Favorite candy? Uh, I've been saying Twix for the for the past couple months. Left or right? (laughs) There's a right answer. It's right. That's incorrect. Mm. Continue with your quick mm. this. Okay. <laughs> They're both equally good. I mean, I don't see that's the, not true. That's heresy. All right. Thanks, Twix marketing department. Um, <laughs> the left, but, the left Twix are softer. Continue. Mm-hmm. Huh. I didn't know that. I have to go test that. Um, the question is, of course, <laughs> what does Nick like to do in his spare time? Eat and Twix. Why does he eat Twix? Eat the wrong Twix. Watch Train <laughs> and lie. <laughs> Watch trains while listening to the band train. <laughs> in that order. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, um, you already know that I enjoy watching videos of steam trains. That's something I do. You know about it. You know that I like to draw. You know that I do enjoy the occasional internet meme. But you like Minecraft. <laughs> it leaves a large swath of time that you don't know what I'm doing with my life. And recently, I've been choosing to fill this time playing a video game that's been called Digital Lego Blocks, among several other joke names, but I'm here to talk to you guys about Minecraft. Not Roblox? Not oh, Roblox. you're actually talking no. about Minecraft? We're actually doing it. Wait, I thought that you were going to do wait. an entire episode yeah, on Minecraft. No, there isn't enough for this. Yes, there what? is. There absolutely is. All right, Are well, you kidding me? this tonight, you guys. Thanks for... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you guys going to get out of this? Or? No, you I can do your five minute quick this, but I still expect in the future there to be an hour long Minecraft episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah yes. Yeah. And when I finally run out of ideas, when I do the conspiracy theory episode, then if I'll you do get my- to a first. Not if I do it. it. Not if I get to a first. What if we do a collab? What if we do a collab? Then we'll have to do a second collab that same month. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, okay. This all counts towards your time, by the way. Okay. Well, this will be a quick one then. This will be a quick, quick this. Um, but functionally speaking, this game's core mechanic, this game Minecraft that we're talking about, because it's been so long that I forgot, but it's to break cubes, break these blocks, materials, and you place them somewhere else. You take them from the earth, you put them somewhere else, you construct them. You can make whatever you want. It's pretty simple on paper. But maybe it doesn't sound like the most entertaining thing to base an entire game around. And you might be wondering what you can do in this 3D generated world where the blocks are virtually limitless, with only the real visceral limit being the player's own imagination. It starts out pretty simple, right? The game is procedurally generated before you. Your character is dropped into any number of biomes that exist. It's usually a forest of some sort, but sometimes it's a beach. You punch a tree, you get the wood, and the first thing that any player will do is to make a pickaxe to get stone. Then you make a stone pickaxe. You can make a shovel, you can make an axe, a hoe, and that's that's pretty much all you do right off the bat. But once that's been done, you can pretty much do whatever you want. You can build a giant castle, you can flatten a mountain, burn down a forest, farm some grain. You can do it all. And that's the way that the game has been since pretty much day one, or as the programmers call it, alpha stage. Mm-hmm. And the alpha release of Minecraft was just as simple as you could make it out to be. At the time, there were only a handful of blocks. You had grass, dirt, stone, cobblestone, water, trees, and lava. Um, sand. Sand, of course. Um, you could break these instantly and place them anywhere you want. And you could do this, uh, you can kind of think of this as um, modern day creative mode, where you have mm. an unlimited amount of blocks and you can just break blocks yeah. as you go. You're talking like alpha alpha like before anyone even knew about it yeah this was um, to put this in a time kind of 
framework here. It's it was June thirtieth of twenty ten, mm-hmm. which <laughs> thinking back on it now was over a decade ago. If you want to feel old, um, they added a couple more things as time went on, like torches, pickaxes, monsters. Oh my, bears! They didn't add bears yet, which is kind of disappointing. But there are panda bears. Doesn't count. Um, <laughs> well, g- g- <laughs> panda Some- bears have the ursine variety. Okay, I'll have to look it up. Um, but sometimes no, between you don't. They're just bears. <laughs> Sometime between this date of June 2010 and December of 2010, I little old me started playing it, and I want to say that it was. I want to say it was somewhere in December when a friend of mine came over, and then eventually my mom caved and they bought it for me, of course. Um, but uh, I stayed up till I think the first night that I was introduced to it. I stayed up till like 4 a.m. mining blocks. Just going, going hard. <laughs> trying to find diamonds. Oh, I was trying Yikes. to find diamonds. I couldn't find them very well, but I know it's unheard of for me to stay up that way, but high school me was an entirely different person. Um, but later... He sounds chill as heck. Yeah. <laughs> sounds chill as heck. Later on, November of 2011, the game gets its initial 1.0 release, and there's more stuff added. There's always more stuff added with each update. There's more blocks. Mm-hmm. There's a sprinkling in of a story aspect to this. And you get a way to, quote unquote, beat the game. But like I've said so many times before, my favorite games are the ones that you never really beat, but you do a little better every time. And speaking of people that are important, we have to talk about the game's creator, Marcus Notch Person. He was canceled. He he was canceled for uh, a very good reason. Set of reasons, actually. He said some problematic things on Twitter. He founded this company called Mojang, or Mojang, if you want to use the American pronunciation of it. (laughs) They helped him update and maintain the game that he had created. And after 2011, he transferred his creative director duties to Jens Jeb Bergensen, but you can just call him Jeb because that's how he's known in the game. But my name is a Jeb. Jeb. (laughs) (laughs) After Minecraft's intellectual property was sold to Microsoft in 2014, Notch stepped away from developing the game completely. And now Minecraft wasn't born in a vacuum. It's it's important to note, but um, it's heavily influenced by games such as Dwarf Fortress and Finniminer, mm-hmm. to just to name a few. Um, the key difference here was that he kind of did the game right, if there was a way to do it right. Yeah. Um, and if anything else, this game has tremendous staying power and endless replayability. Back in the day, it was almost a overnight success. And as of March 2012, it was the sixth most best-selling game of all time. And uh, that was all done without traditional marketing, too. It was, it was a word-of-mouth campaign. You see YouTubers playing it, and I didn't see yeah. a single ad for it ever until like 2014 or so when Microsoft bought it out. But anyways, uh, you have all these Let's Plays going on just to show off the game's capabilities and all that. Um, and then by April of this year in 20, uh, 2012... 12? 2021. That's the year we're in. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game registered 140 million active monthly users. That's a pretty big number of people, and I'm pretty happy to say that I'm a part of it. So to wrap this all up, I think that you should maybe give Minecraft a shot if you haven't already. Um, like so many of my other hobbies and pastimes, I realize it's probably not for everyone, but you never know until you actually try. So so much more than just another game. It has a special place in my heart, and I kindly ask that you entertain this. Nice. Hey, I'm, Nick, have you... I, have, oh, oh, yeah, oh, I've got, it, I've got, a, uh, I've got a quick Minecraft conspiracy theory. Okay, go ahead. Oh, God, hit it. Um, we like this. I believe that the numbers for, micro, or for Minecraft's like sales are inflated. How dare you? You're inflated. 
I believe they're inflated, and this is because they've got two different versions of the game. They do. They've got they, the yeah. the Java version, and then they got the like the PC version. It's coded in C plus, I guess. Yeah. I'm saying that their numbers are inflated because they've got assholes out in the world like me who buy the wrong version of the game Ooh. to play with their friends and end up Ooh. spending $40 on Minecraft <laughs> when the game only costs 15 It was 26 Here's euros. the thing, though, Mike, is that other people would make sure they bought the right one the first time. <laughs> <laughs> well, guess what happens when you Google Minecraft and you go you to get the, the webpage and you buy Java. it. No, it takes you to the PC version if you're on a PC and then it tells you to buy it from the Microsoft store and you do that and it's like, whoop, 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 you got you got mail and now you're good. <laughs> and then you go to like, what's your server realm? Oh, go plug in this number and you go buy and it's like, oh, server not found. <laughs> and then Likewise, you go like beef. contact and walk through everything that you just did with your friend beef. Nick who just who already knows how everything works. So like, Oh, yeah, that's the wrong version. Yeah. So then you go like try to return it. Microsoft doesn't offer returns if you've already played the game. And then you go spend another fucking $15 just to spend seven spend hours it. getting blown up by creepers on the side of a mountain. <laughs> fucking hate and then you quit. Then you quit and you never play again. And now Michael or now Nick and Alex play by themselves all the time. And Michael doesn't play with us anymore. And that's Minecraft. Yep. We all have a little beef today. It's okay. Anyway, <laughs> Nick, have you recently gone to my house in the world that we play on together? I saw it. You have a great mountain castle going on. Did you see all of it? Yeah. I'm working pretty hard over there. That's cool. all I wanted to say. I enjoy it. Anyway, another another week is common gone. And guys, we're at episode 89. Can you believe that? Next wow. week is episode 90. We're getting ever closer to the 100th episode of Entertain This, which is a completely ridiculous number. And if you had asked us at episode 20 <laughs> if we were going to make it to episode 100, the answer would have been a resounding no, probably. Absolutely not. Yeah, I am shocked and awed that we have come up with 90 things to talk about. We will probably continue to come up with things to talk about. I come up with about five things to talk about every day. And by the time I sit down at my computer, I've forgotten all of them. So eventually those <laughs> will cycle back around in my ADHD ridden brain and I'll write them down. And we're here for a good time and possibly a long time. If there is something you want to see us cover <laughs> on this show. If. <laughs> if. If there's something that you want to see us covered on this show, we recently got some suggestions actually, which was pretty cool. Oh, um, if there's something you want to see us cover on the show, there are a couple ways that you can reach out to us. One is by going to our email. We are entertain this podcast at gmail.com. You can shoot us an email with your request. We try to answer every email that we get. Another way is to go to our website, www.entertainthis.net. Scroll all the way to the bottom. There's a little questionnaire that you can fill out there and ask us what you want to see us cover. And uh, we'll try to get back to you lickety split. Another way is you can go to our Twitter. We are entertain underscore this. Or you can find us on Instagram. We are entertain this podcast. We also have a Facebook page. It's podcast entertain this. That's it, right? That's all of them. Did I say all of them? We have a YouTube page. Uh, I'm still doing the Piggy and Numberland playthrough over there. You yeah, can check that out. Oh, I yeah. watched the episode of your release today. Yeah, nice. I release every Tuesday trying to get uh, it all done. The last episode was infuriating, um, <laughs> which is hilarious. It was a board game episode, and I got my butt kicked by some digital kangaroos who were way too smart for their own good. Oof. <laughs> uh, so you can go check that out. That's fun. Um, as always, entertain us so we can entertain you, and you can entertain this. Make sure you take your shoes off when you enter houses. It's just polite. Goodbye. 
Bye. Bye. <laughs> this episode of Entertain This was written by Michael Savoya, with additional commentary from Nicholas Takangas and Alex Steele. Our showrunner and resident fact checker is Chloe Price. Our theme music is Rushable by Aaron Spencer, with interstitial music by DJW. Tune in every Friday for new episodes, and thanks for listening.